it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's New Horizons. Thanks for being a part of this program. I'm Vaughan Benison. This week we discuss a project that Blind Citizens Australia is about to commence, teaching blind and vision impaired people about broadcasting, podcasting and other forms of audio content creation. To do this we speak with veteran broadcaster Stephen Jolly. Let's start by talking a little bit about your experience as a blind person growing up and getting involved in the broadcasting sector. What first drew you to it? Radio has always been around and it's always been a very important part of my life. In the mid-70s, the Whitlam government um, demonstrated its intention to open up the broadcast band so that it wasn't just for the national broadcasters, that's the ABC as it was at the time, only the ABC, or commercial broadcasters, but to the community. And a number of us realised that here was an opportunity for us to really do something about this in the interests of our community. We'd heard about radio reading services in the United States where newspapers were read over the air. And uh, we also realised that there were other uses for radio that would make a difference for our community of blind and vision impaired people, as well as for the general community, knowing about the issues important to our community. So as a young lad in his early 20s, I sort of got involved and here I am 50 years later almost, um, still involved in broadcasting. It, it sort of happened accidentally. You sort of got swept into it, if you know what I mean. If you wanted to record a program when you first started with uh, 3CR and stations like that, what did you do? We recorded it on an open reel tape recorder so one of our group was a specialist at that a chap named John Machen in fact in Melbourne and we would assemble at his home a couple of us involved in a particular program and we would put it together but it was a uh, would seem now a very cumbersome way to do it using open reel tape though I know some of us still argue that it's a very good way to go um, but um, that's how we, it was done initially. There was also live programming, and when we started doing stuff on 3ZZ, uh, which was the ABC station in Melbourne that was providing community access, uh, some of those programs were done live. Um, but it was probably more of an effort in those days to produce something. Well, there were limitations then that we just thought were the norm, and we never anticipated that it would be like it is today where you and I can have broadcast quality from our homes on opposite sides of Bass Strait, for instance. Um, so you do a lot on a portable recorder. You'd have to go and visit somebody. You might record something over the phone. There was a reluctance to do that, though, because the telephone quality meant that the, broad the, the product wasn't as good as what you would like it to be. 
but we did resort to telephone a fair bit, particularly talking to people overseas, and that was exciting when you did any of those calls. Now it's just normal to talk to somebody overseas. I was involved with the establishment of 3RPH in Melbourne. Um, it grew, it established a relationship with the Association for the Blind in Melbourne. Um, I got to a stage in my career where I thought I could make better and more more satisfying use of my time if I was working at it full time. And so uh, I was fortunate to have an opportunity to uh, become manager of the Association for the Blind's radio service uh, about midway through my career, really, in the, in the early 1990s, 1994, and uh, just progressed from there that I was able to uh, help guide that service, working with hundreds of volunteers, helping people with broadcasting, learning all the way myself. I, I'd never call myself a, an expert broadcaster, but you learn uh, through experience and talking to others, following what others do. And uh, it's just developed. And here I am still doing um, some broadcasting as a, as a volunteer for um, the national RPH network, really. It was really many years before I was behind the control desk regularly. So I was more about being a broadcaster and leadership and the actual production of a program or, or, or some audio product, it might be a pod- podcast, came for me a little bit later when I decided I've, I've just got to get my head around this and start doing it. It'll mean I can do things much more, uh, much more conveniently. Talk us through the preparation of a program from the inception of the idea of a particular program uh, to the actual final broadcast. Well, I believe in what I call the five C's, which is uh, clarify, conceptualise, uh, capture, compile and communicate. So at the start, one needs to clarify what, they, what they're really wanting to do, who it's for, what it's about. Then again, in that planning stage, you've got to have a fair idea of what the product's going to look like, though it'll almost certainly change by the time you complete it. You then pl- and part of that is, is then planning what the content is going to be then you've got to devise ways of uh, capturing that content, whether it be with people in a studio, whether it be out recording people at an event or recording them in their home, whatever. And then the process of assembling that, because I'm talking about a recorded program, it's got to be uh, compiled using an audio editor, and then it's got to be distributed, um, whether it be broadcast or... uh, delivered as a podcast, um, put onto YouTube, etc. cetera. Uh, but when, even for a live program, there are those early stages of, um, of working out what you really want to do, what it's going to sound like, and then organising the content of it. What is it, do you think, about that that makes it such a beneficial career path or even such a, a beneficial hobby for blind and vision impaired people? Blind and vision impaired people uh, tend to be naturally very organised. Often uh, many of us plan a day, our day a particular way. We go, now there are three, th- three things I've got to do after breakfast this morning. 
etc. Uh, and I'm sure that that resonates with a lot of people listening. And production of audio uh, is very much around that sort of thing, about being organised. And then um, to our community, um, audio is a very good way to communicate. Um, when you listen to it a lot, you're not that far away from being able to generate it yourself. And that's what we at um, Blind Citizens Australia want to do, is encourage more of our community to get out there and create audio for radio and podcasting and other ways. There's not enough of us doing it, Vaughan. I agree. What we need to see is a lot more people involved in, in this hobby. And it's not something that necessarily one might choose to make a career out of the way that you and I have. But certainly it's something that uh, people can do as a hobby. Um, you know, New Horizons, for example, takes me probably two to three hours each week to, uh, you know, put the program together, including all of the uh, all of the points you made earlier. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other things you can do besides their internet radio stations where you can do music programming and things like that. Mm. During this project that uh, Blind Citizens Australia is currently seeking uh, expressions of interest for, what will people learn and what sort of people are you looking for? We're looking for people who are interested in going on that further on that continuum of being uh, a, a very good and interested listener to being able to generate material themselves. So um, we're hoping to uh, introduce as many as uh, are interested to uh, just those processes of creating uh, an audio product. And a lot of that is around the concept of the program and, and organising content. And then give some pointers towards... Um, different techniques that can be used, different tools of the trade that are available. So um, people will come out of that main session having a clearer idea than they probably went in with about how to make audio and then we propose to uh, work with them so that they can actually produce something um, as, a, as a, a tangible outcome of having done the, the training program. Uh, we're looking for anyone that would, would like to move into that area. We don't have enough young people producing audio. We don't have enough women producing audio um, and other groups within the, within the community we don't hear enough of amongst our blind and vision impaired population. So that's the sort of thing we're looking for. And it's worth making the point too that you and I both produce on a regular basis uh, audio programs uh, of varying different types and, and we have fairly complex setups and you know lots of different equipment that we use to, to build our content but you don't actually have to have that these days do you? You know for, for a matter of $100 or $150 you can get yourself quite well set up to, uh, to produce your own uh, broadcast content. Yeah, I know somebody who creates, who does a whole radio program from his iPhone. And that's what we want to explore on the day, is those different possibilities. So you don't have to use your all your savings uh, to get into it. How can people find out more information or express interest in the project? The best way is to contact Blind Citizens Australia and indicate on, on the communication that you want to express an interest in the uh, audio course and um, if you can do that pretty soon, by the end of the month, uh, well, then you'll be amongst those who uh, 
uh, we choose from uh, to do the course. And I say choose from, I hope everybody that expresses an interest is able to do it. But um, we've just got to make sure that we can accommodate everybody properly. And if people don't make this round, well, they'd certainly be uh, in the early ones for the next round. And before we go, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Tell us about Talking Tech. Talking Tech is when Vision Australia's uh, number one technology person, David Woodbridge, uh, and I get together to talk about tech. David, um, as a blind technologist, um, well known around the world, uh, keeps his finger on the pulse of what's happening. We chat for about 15 minutes on the radio each week. I ask him the questions and he explains what's happening in the world of technology from the perspective of uh, people who are blind or have a vision impairment. We talk beforehand and he draws my attention to points he believes we uh, could cover. Um, I say sometimes, what about this? And he even will say, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do that as well. So we have prepared what areas we're going to cover. I ask questions then from the perspective of somebody who knows very little about this piece of technology and that clarifies it for me and hopefully it clarifies it for listeners. And the point worth making here is that what that shows is you don't have to be an expert in order to compile a program on a given subject. Stephen, thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck with the program. Thank you Vaughan, good to be speaking with you and to everyone listening. Stephen Jolly there, and if you're interested in finding out more about that project, contact Blind Citizens Australia. The telephone number is 1800 333 660. 1800 333 660. Or you can email bca at bca.org.au. Bca at bca.org.au. Of course, you will have seen to this project in the member update, which is emailed to members weekly. We have received a couple of discrimination stories. They will be featured in future programs, thanks to those who have sent them through. I'm Vaughan Benison. Take care. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams. Of our dreams.